Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Welcome to Vicarious Living. Welcome back to the podcast. Wind and Pipes back in podcast studio for the first time in 461 days. Mm, it feels good to be this close to you. I feel refreshed. I feel rejuvenated. I can smell you for the first time in a while. So What's it nice. smell like? <laughs> Same old. Cool. Love that. Old, old Spice. spice. Yeah. Janks, you owe soda. <laughs> Yeah, Old Spice High Endurance Sport Scent. Mm. That's what I go with. Housekeeping. Why don't you give that contact and swag information? If you'd like, hit us up at vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com and vicariousliving on Instagram. Okay, tonight, the OC finale. When we say finale, we mean the season three finale because season four never happened. No. So, tonight, HBO Max is where you go for all of the good shit. Season 3, episode 25, The Graduates. And then we're also going to dabble into season 4, episode 1, to just put a button on all the Volchek cliffhangers. Yeah, we did a lot of skipping around, fast-forwarding, just checking things out. Yeah, we... It was nice to know that the season did exist, but I didn't want to waste too much time watching it. No, we essentially were able to uh, get the gist of the entire thing uh, over the course of, I'd say an hour, because we watched that first episode, Mm -hmm. and then we watched an additional 15 minutes of the whole rest of the series. and feel like we saw all that we needed to see. Yeah, the only thing that confused you was at the very end, Ryan was walking away with a bunny. Yeah, I I needed that backstory. Yeah, but... Other than that, I say we get in because this could be a three-hour podcast. Let's dive in. Previously on The O.C. If you ever want to kick it or hang out or something, I'm around. Would you maybe want to go to prom with me? All right. Oh, my God. Let's go. Come on. Get in. Don't be a little bitch. Will you stop by the Newport Group? There's a concept drawing for the hospital that your father needs for his presentation. There's been a fire at the Newport Group. I think Seth did it. High School Graduation, episode 25. Quick, first thing I noticed in this one. They show Ryan in his pool house to kick off the season three finale. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that was almost the name of this podcast. The pool house? Yeah. Would have been good. I remember that brainstorming. I mean, to go back and just think about two guys with like three IPAs in them at dinner, talking about maybe doing a podcast one day and just kind of getting hung up on what the name would be. Yeah, we wanted Little did we know that three years after that conversation, we'd eventually do our first episode of the podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, correct. Uh, There was a lot of brainstorming, drunken brainstorms. I think we wanted it vague because- we really didn't want our parents to ever listen to it, one, or anyone we work with. And then two, we didn't want to blow up too much, you know? And I feel right. like if if we just called it like the OC podcast. No. 
Not blowing up was super important to us from the get-go. Yeah. So we kept it very vague and and just vicarious living is is perfect because we love to not live our own lives and just live vicariously through these teens. So And it was a play on Orange County Living, the magazine started by Julie Cooper. Oh, cool. I didn't even remember that. Probably because you had your fourth IPA and then yeah. forgot most of the evening. Yeah. So Ryan though is in the pool house and I just I, I clocked it because you know, for this finale, I'm wearing my wrist guard right now. He didn't have the wrist guard on, but he was sitting. In, it's it's how I imagine Ryan always watches TV in his pool house, which is one. I didn't even know he had a TV in the room. Yeah, neither did I. That was what was going through my mind when you said that sentence was trying to picture him watching TV. Yeah, apparently he has a TV in the room. Uh, he was off to the side. The bed was completely made. He, he, his bed's always completely made. I don't know if he ever sleeps in it, but he was fully clothed jeans, uh, flannel t-shirt socks, socks and full boots. Okay. His, his 14 inch heels were on. Okay. And yeah, he just sits there, not even in a chair, not on a couch, not on the bed. That's how Ryan relaxes is off to the side on the hardwood floor on the little landing. He sits on that hardwood landing and he doesn't even watch shows. He just, he surfs. He <laughs> channel flips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He can't relax to the extent where he can't even settle down on a show. It's just, it's always work. Yeah. No, it's, it's actually, a... never takes his boots off. We talked, <laughs> I think we brought this up on the last time we talked was a rare foot glimpse. Yeah. From Ryan. Usually it's, uh, it's either socks or full boots on the bed. He he very rarely shows foot, and he very rarely takes his boots off. I think we did, just to recap from earlier pods, I think we surmised that the only shoes that he's ever worn outside of those boots were the soccer cleats. Yeah, no, that's accurate and fair. Yeah, tried out for the soccer team once in season one, just so he could, you know, side check Luke a little bit. But anyways... uh. Only other thing I want to do that's completely irrelevant like that Ryan thing was just real quick uh, play a clip of Taylor who described her night after prom with a couple of the Korean kids. Here it is. Think again, Taylor. I don't think Cohen's the one that needs to get laid. Au contraire, Summer. Have I told you about my after-after prom party with Sungho and Young Nam? It was hot and spicy, and let's just say I had my very own Korean barbecue. <laughs> Peep him up. Wow. I'm so off kimchi. She had a devil's three-way. Graphic. <laughs> it was just, so, it was thrown in, like the background music was like, doo, 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 doo. Taylor got fucked by two guys. Boop, boop, and boop, I think, I mean, not to get too gross, but I think she was talking about getting spit roasted. Is that what the kids are calling it these days? Yeah, because it was something about like barbecue. a Korean barbecue. It's about barbecue. So I don't know if they they went that deep on the entendre, but <clears throat> gross. The is spit roasted like a DP? Be like a like an Eiffel Tower situation. Oh, so no DPs. We're thinking just Eiffel Tower. One guy on one end, the other guy on the other end. I I would be led to believe. Wow. By this character. We're just reporting the facts here. We're not. Uh, that happened. It just happened. Let's we're, just leave we're just it watch there. innocent, <laughs> innocent guys watching a teen drama. That just happened. Let's just leave it there because sure. I don't really. I I feel like we should leave it as vague as we found it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? we're we're out. <laughs>
just a little nugget thrown in by Josh Schwartz, a little devil's three-way to kick off the finale. Okay, big plot line in this is Marissa, she gets a letter from one Jimmy Cooper. Mm-hmm. And back in the mix. He's back. And it was clear that they didn't want to pay Tate Donovan to show up in this episode. No. <laughs> so he wrote a letter. It's going to cost him an extra like 15 grand to get Donovan back in this episode. And they passed. Hard pass. No go. Um, so Jimmy Cooper is essentially offering for her to spend the next year working on a yacht that he's a captain of. Jimmy Cooper's a captain now. Just sailing yachts. Okay. So... The reason this is happening is because Marissa has no plan. She has no next steps. Everyone I, else is going to college or whatever. She has nothing. While we're on Jimmy Cooper, can I ask you a quick would you rather? Yeah, and then I have some nitpicks on this whole thing. Okay. Would you rather be on the boat that Jimmy Ca- Jimmy Cooper is piloting around the world or be on the RMS Titanic in 1912? I mean, I'm going to go with, you know, they're both going down, right? Obviously, yeah. but yep. there were some survivors of the Titanic. That's the thing. That's what I immediately thought of. I was like thinking I want to go Titanic because at least on the Titanic, I know that minimally half the lifeboats are getting out. A lot of women and children getting out. Yeah. But and there were a couple guys. Opportunists for sure. Like Billy Zane got off. Mm-hmm. He sure did. So if you're on Cooper's boat, I mean, you're probably in between a couple of Polynesian islands just on this little boat. He didn't bring the extra batteries for the walkie talkie. Like you're going down in the middle of the ocean. No, I know. And that's why I'm doing a, a, a lifeboat math. And I think on the Titanic half get all, out. I think on on Jimmy Cooper's boat, maybe one gets off because I feel like Jimmy didn't even get half on the on the yacht. Right. He's not the type of captain that's going down with the ship. No, he's Billy Zane. He's on the he's on the one and only life, but he's also got the one and only life jacket. Like, there's no way that there's more than one life jacket on that boat. So yeah, I'd choose Titanic because at least then I have a fifty percent chance. Same. Um, with Jimmy, it's you're you're getting out. You're you're not getting off. Um, nitpicks though with all this is one snail mail. It's 07. Email, yeah, We've got cell phones. A, email's a thing. He could have put a call in. I don't know. I think it's maybe it's just they didn't even want his voice. Yeah. He was on, uh, you know, I was telling you about the uh, Melinda Clark and Rachel Bilson podcast that they do. Donovan's on? He was on, yeah. Okay, I should check out that episode. Yeah, he... Uh, <laughs> did he talk about our podcast? No, he did not. Because he knows about it. He does. Uh, he's... He's infamously liked a couple of our our podcast posts on Instagram. Check it out, kids. Yeah, he uh, he was he was definitely an interesting guest. He said the word "fantastic" a lot, mm-hmm. which was you know kind of like his character in the show. But I also want to talk about second nit to pick. Below Deck is a TV show on Bravo that I now watch religiously. I'm very familiar. The intern got obsessed with it. Oh, so you've seen it? I've seen a lot of them. Yeah. It's so good. Not going to lie. It's pretty good. It's amazing. And one thing I know about that show is you don't just become captain. No. It's a it's a lifetime yeah. achievement. <laughs> it's, it is. Like Captain Lee on Below Deck has every job. He's done every job in the book. And now he's like 
80 and finally getting to captain his own yacht. Jimmy Cooper, after dabbling in yachting for a year and a half, is not going to be a captain of a 120-foot yacht. Nah. Yeah, I mean, I'm led to believe it's uh, it's a pretty big deal. It's almost like it's akin to an airline pilot. Responsibility-wise, Responsibility-wise, yeah. You've got lives in your hands. A lot of lives in your hands. Yeah. Now, I would like to think you probably need to know a little more if you're a pilot. No doubt. But the, I see the what you're stakes saying. seem a little higher. But and to your point, it's not like you can just go get drunk on the islands like in Hawaii for a little bit and then just decide that you want to be a, a yacht captain. No, yeah, he was <laughs> that's he, not how it works. He just literally sailed to Hawaii, probably took him like a year or two just to sail there. And then like six months later, he's got the credentials to captain a yacht? Fuck, dude. I would pay money to see. Do you remember the episode of Below Deck where that one captain gets the, the uh, I guess, the anchors all tangled? The chain? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see. Uh, and she basically had to, like, spend eight hours untangling the chain with the whole crew, like, trying to strategically do it. She yeah. described it as, like, a 1,200-pound necklace chain all tangled on itself uh, underwater. I'd like to see Jimmy Cooper trying to figure that situation out. He's not. It's him and Marissa. He's not They're just trying to untangle the anchor. He's definitely not solving that Rubik's Cube. He's fucked. Yeah, dude. I do. I will say, though, Marissa is a stew. I kind of buy. Here's the thing. I need a spinoff. Like, I would have bought in so hard. It's Jimmy Cooper and Marissa (laughs) just the first below deck just on the yacht i would love that the first episode the entire episode is just jimmy trying to figure out how to start the boat (laughs) i guess is it a button is is there is it gassed it's not starting (laughs) and marissa's just making horrible decisions with all these weirdos marissa's come on the boat for a week marissa's fucked everyone in the crew and she has blown every single guest that's come onto the yacht i would i i'm with you if you sub the term fuck out for confused, <laughs> then I'm in. Mixed signals? Just, yeah. Everybody's just just confused. So everyone thinks the BJ they is just imminent? Have, they have no idea what's going on. Yeah. it's She's putting off the signals that a BJ is coming, but then it never does. And they're just <laughs> confused. Um, okay. Those are my nits to pick. So let's go back to the episode. Marissa Ryan closure 1.0. Yeah, that's nice. This was nice. They kind of have this moment pre-graduation where he asks her this. So what do you think? <laughs> you think it's the stupidest idea ever, uh, right? I, uh, it sounds great. It's what you need. That means a lot to me. Hmm. You know, who would have thought you'd be going to college? And you'd be doing manual labor. Well... <laughs> Everyone's doing exactly what they need to. Yeah. Hey, um, this is going to sound weird, but can I drive you to the airport? I mean, you were the first person I met here. I'd kind of like to be the last person to say goodbye. You know, it's funny. I was going to ask you the same thing. I kind of like that line a lot. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is just one of those things where in high school we were living fake life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is actually real reality. Your ex-lover drops you off at the airport and you have a super intense music with like a moment with music. Like, I, that's that's real life. And that's. Yeah. I love seeing it. And yeah, I, I, I just want to provide a big caveat here. 
I was a little confused why her mom wouldn't take her. However, I think it was completely poetic that Ryan is the one that takes her uh, to the super airport. Po- <laughs> not only is it poetic, but I don't think Julie Cooper has a driver's license. No, pre- so, yeah, she probably doesn't. Um, that does check out. There was just a whole bunch of... I was getting nostalgic because this episode was like bringing Marissa and her storylines full circle. And it was like the first time they did this to me. Josh Schwartz did this to me. Like Josh Schwartz has done a lot of things to me. Yeah. Go on. Um, He's done this thing where like, he's made me hate her so much. You know, all of us, we all hate her. But then like in this final episode, it's like, fuck, like I kind of want to stick with her and watch, a below deck spinoff with her and her dad. Yeah. You're Ryan. <laughs> he turned us all into Ryan. I know. Um, On any of that Josh Schwartz um, episode of that podcast you're talking about, did he draw the curtain back at all on on Marissa's character? Yes. Like, did he explain why she was so loathsome? <clears throat> so I don't want to get too much into it because I want to end this episode with a lot of hot Marissa talk. Okay. But I think it was honestly more on her. They initially wrote her as she's kind of like the ditzy, like, oh, yeah, I got, uh, you know, I got this new uh, Chanel bag and I got this, you know, I they kind of wrote her as like the rich, bitchy, I'm cool. And she was saying, I read this uh, inter- interview with her and she was saying that just wasn't her and she couldn't even act it well, like she couldn't play it well. So Josh Schwartz started writing her. She was already tragic, but he started like writing her even more tragic because it was just more of kind of how she, she it just played to her strengths, I think, as an actress. So I think it's a little of both. I think he wrote her a certain way, but then started to mold the character after Misha Barton a little bit. But a lot more to come on that. Okay. But just with Ryan and her with the show you start to see the sensual sexual tension again, like the touching, like she touches his arm at one point in the car. And it's just like, fuck damn. What could have been? <sighs> could have been so <clears throat> on. Was this scene where we get the Oliver line? Like the throwback to Oliver? No, that's 2.0. That's, that's 2.0. Coming. Okay. Yeah, I'll, that's I'll, I'll hold off. And that's a tease. That's a tease. That's a tease. Um, so there's just a whole bunch of closure happening in this entire episode. This next one is closure between Marissa and Julie. Clip. Marissa, I just want you to know that everything I ever did, good, bad, or otherwise, I did it for you. So that you could have a better life than I had. And I know I wasn't perfect. I mean, the thing with Luke and trying to frame Ryan for attempted homicide. I love you. Just know that. Oh, sweetheart, that's all I wanted. I love you too. Julie apologizes for everything, including hooking up with Luke. <laughs> when she was reading out her list of deeds, it was just like, oh, yikes. It was tough. It was Marissa tough. Marissa should have been like, oh, yeah, you did all that shit? All right, never mind. I'm still kind of mad. How, what would your reaction be if, like, you know, you're giving your goodbye to your parents and like as they're sending you off, there's just, you know, as an offhanded comment. Like, oh, yeah, by the way, sorry, I fucked your ex-boyfriend. Oops. Sorry. My bad. Water under the bridge. We good? 
<clears throat> yeah, that's kind of tough on her. I mean, none of those deeds <laughs> aged well. <laughs> like, a- like in the moment, you could kind of go with it, but. Well, even in the pod I was listening to where uh, Melinda Clark, who plays uh, Julie Cooper, was saying like, God, what? Because she's watching it back now for like the first time. And she's like, I hooked up with my daughter's high school boyfriend. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) There's no way to come back (laughs) from that. (laughs) But no, my other thing I was going to go off on was actors who don't watch their shit. Mm. Like... I th- I'm I'm trying to figure out is that just like something you say to sound cool in Hollywood or is everyone actually never watching even once the stuff that they film? It doesn't make any sense to me. I firmly think what you just said is completely true. Okay, it's all lies because it's just a cool thing to say. Like, oh yeah, I, I don't like to watch my stuff. Like, I did it. I was there. You know, I just in the moment, dude. They all it, say it doesn't it. make sense on multiple levels. First of all, if you are anybody trying to be anywhere near the top of your craft in anything, be it sports, be it podcasting, podcasting, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you watch the game tape, yeah, and realize where you fucked up and try and improve off that shit. It's how you realized you say like a lot. I still do. It's how I realized I have a bunch of idiosyncrasies that really wish I didn't. It's kind of brutal. I realized last week when I was doing editing the pod back that I use a measure of half for any number I ever give. So if I'm saying someone's age of like 17 or 18, or if I'm saying like, hey, he's 30 minutes away, mm-hmm. unbeknownst to me, I don't know why I do it. I just add a half on like he's 17 and a half years old. He's 30 and a half seconds away. <laughs> I don't know why. I never noticed that. But now that you call it out about yourself. Yeah, you do. I know. I don't know why, but I do it. And so you're such an idiot. Why do you do that? (laughs) I'm gonna try it for me. I'm gonna try to make this a light like episode. We'll we'll try sticking right to the point. No likes. We'll try, but we're uh, gonna be pretty drunk in ten minutes. I think I think that is a total um, trying to be cool move. Yeah, because I also realized it when I was watching the Friends reunion on HBO that everyone was saying like. God, I yeah, I haven't seen this. I haven't seen that. Yeah. It's like you and didn't so even watch. Here's it once. the second point: if you're not just trying to be the best you can be at acting, your job. The second thing is you have no vanity at all. Just know, <laughs> like, oh, that's cool. I was in that thing. That'd be cool to watch back. Let me just give my perspective. Look, I I can speak. You know, like someone in Hollywood who's done done a bunch of movies. It's like right, right, a one to one comparison mm-hmm. with having a podcast. No, I'm with you. My perspective is I have to listen to it all once to edit it to obviously make sure all the fucked up shit I say that's completely out of bounds I take out. Mm -hmm. But then also I have to then hear it back post edit once. So I listen to it twice. One on the edit and then two on the here's the finished product. And what I'll say is I have not listened to any of our 125 podcasts a third time. It's honestly kind of a struggle to go back and now listen to our earlier pods because, God, are we green? But anyways... Here's the thing. I've gone back just uh, on a whim and listened to, like, deep cuts. Oh, okay. Like, it's stuff that I just don't even remember what we were talking about. Yeah. And I'm able to totally separate myself from it. Okay. Well, I guess everyone's a little different then. My point is, though, both of us have to listen to it at least once yeah so 
I think the point like, okay. So when, uh, I play music with my friends, we're trash, we're absolute garbage, (laughs) but every once in a while we'll like record it with a cell phone mainly. So we don't forget like whatever jam or whatever song we were trying to do, or just out of curiosity, like, did that sound cool? Like, cause in our minds it sounded cool. Yeah. And then we'll play it or we'll record it and then listen back. It's usually not as good as we thought it was, (laughs) but I'll sit there and listen to it over and over just because it's cool to listen to yourself recorded. So I'm calling bullshit on all those people who say they don't see themselves. Joaquin Phoenix. I'm looking at you. Yeah. Johnny Depp. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you, bro. You saw Pirates of the Caribbean once. You've seen it. You've seen it. It, it, It's not even like a narcissism thing. It's like you would just, anyways, we'll believe it enough, but Okay, four core final hangout with the four. Model home. Still no one living in it two nope. years later. Nope. <laughs> there must be a horrible house. There must be some foundational issues with Turn that model damage. home. Um, the, the whole thing was great. Can I give... I, I was doing a lot of nitpicking in this final episode. I want to give a couple nitpicks. Or just things I noticed, and then we'll get into the cool part of what the scene actually intended it to be. One, dude, Marissa plugs her nose when she jumps into the pool. Nerd. That's tough for me. It's on the short list of things that really disgust me about. Or, no, you know what? Let's not even make this a a fucking chauvinistic point. It disgusts me with all human beings. If you're a dude, and I'm hanging out with you, and we're friends, and we go to like the lake... And we all jump in and you jump in and plug your nose with your fucking fingers. You're dead to me forever. I can get behind that. Cool. I'll take it one step further. If it's guaranteed that the pool is more than eight feet deep and you're not diving in Mm. judgment. Yeah, that's a good point. You don't want to jump into that deep end. Kids don't don't dive into a a river or a lake where you can't see the bottom. Please don't do that. Yeah. But if it's a pool, clearly marked eight, I don't even care if there's a little no diving sign. Do a dive. Do a dive. Don't be don't a bitch. Don't jump in and don't plug your nose. If you do. Yeah. Can I just say real quick fun fact? Uh, the swimming pool at the Cohen's house was two to three feet deep. The one that they built on the set. Oh, really? Yeah, of the fake Cohen backyard. Is that why they're always floating in floaties? Yeah. And uh, whenever they're standing, they said that they're like actually kneeling. And it looks like, you know, because the pool is so shallow. Uh, So don't dive into that Cohen pool. But by the way, what I was analogous to me on that shit was, um, and I think you're not going to agree with this one. I think this one's just me. Try me. Um, People that cover their mouth when they're chewing food at dinner. I don't love it. Yeah. I don't do it. If someone covered in front of me, I probably wouldn't even notice it. But if. I'll just get I'll get on your side with this. If someone asked me to cover their my mouth while oh. I was chewing, we can't hang. Fuck off. We can't hang. No, to me it just seems more like a self esteem. Yeah, thing it's with like them. we get it. I'm eating, like I'm paying attention to myself and my food. I'm barely even looking at you in your mouth. Just go ahead and enjoy yourself. Yeah. I just I don't like I like just be you. Just be you. I, I don't I don't need... It's making me feel like you're a little self-conscious about yourself. Chomp it. Slurp it. Yeah. I don't care. Just be confident. Get in there. Anyways. Yeah. Co- those are just a couple things that really bother me. Who did um, that, by the way? Who was covering their mouth? No, no. It just reminded me of that. People that do that. Oh, the like covering your nose, covering your mouth? Yeah. Yeah. 
and I know it's a little different, but it somehow it reminded me, but I will do a thing where like, if anyone covers their mouth while I'm out with them in public, I will ask them to please stop doing that. Oh, like, let me see your, let me see your teeth. I just, I don't want let it on my it. mind. I can't focus on the words, like the story you're saying or whatever. I can't focus if you're covering your mouth because now all I'm thinking about is how you have low self-esteem. Yeah. It's like, it's like, you're so self-conscious about you eating. Like, should I be self-conscious? Like, are, is then yeah. it becomes like a game theory thing. Like, are you looking at me so closely because you're thinking I'm looking at you so closely that I should now be covering my mouth and watching myself? I, ho- I hope not. I'm spinning out with you right now. Yeah. Dude. Okay. No, no, I get it. I would like, I would like the, the dynamic to be what I would hope is that if I have some broccoli in my teeth, you are going to let me know. I don't need to cover my mouth. You are just going to say, Hey, guy you have some broccoli in your teeth and then i would reciprocate that and now no one's got to have self-esteem issues covering their you mouth you and i have established that baseline years and years ago was broccoli zits. in the teeth was zits <laughs> like dude you need to just take care of that like in high school was zits in high school I'm like dude i'm i'm just letting you know for your benefit there's one blooming uh right above your left eye it's pretty white knock it out go ahead and take care of that yeah yeah that's what bros do. So anyways, anyone who eats dinner with us or mainly me in the future, please don't cover your mouth. It's no good. This scene, though, great scene. They're reminiscing about everything, dude. Marissa says goodbye to everyone. I wanted a little more out of her goodbye with uh, Summer, I think. I wanted a little more. I don't know how you felt about it. I mean, in hindsight, when you knew that it was the final goodbye, I could have used a little more. Yeah, I liked the amount they that she did with Seth because that was like an awkward like should we hug because Seth's not a hugger, so I kind of liked how it was like a little weird with them because that fit. Uh, but then now we get Marissa Ryan closure 2.0. All right, this Let's is what it. you want to get to. It is clip. Okay. Yeah. So we were talking about that night. Last time we were here, I was leaving, and now you are. That night, did you ever think we'd end up together? You saying it's over? You never know, right? I'm sorry for all the craziness. I wouldn't have done it any differently. Except maybe Oliver. (laughs) Me too. Great line. Call back to Oliver. Perfect dig. You know, was like, sure, you put me through a lot, but it's all good. Except for one thing stands out as being completely fucked up. Where you just... We're with this guy for like eight straight episodes and everyone was telling you he's a serial killer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> I got to say, dude, because look, I, I want to be critical of the show when it's deserved, but I also want to give props when it's deserved. Mm-hmm. And this scene, it was awesome. I, I'll i get to the part where I was a little upset with Ryan at the end of this episode, but like for this moment, dude, the core four and then Ryan and Marissa just kind of like break off because they're the ones with all the history and they go inside to just do their like little, like real goodbye, not the fake goodbye with Seth outside. And 
I just love the way Buttons played that, dude. I mean, he played it subtly and and like melancholy, but then like he inserted a little comic relief at the end with the Oliver thing. And it was just like, even if you look at his face, he played it perfectly. It was so well acted. I loved it. I can't I can't say it enough. I love that moment. Damn, when you met him, that's the moment you should have brought up. <sighs> Dude, I don't Did even... you give him any compliments? <sighs> I bitched out. I just I got no. so nervous. I okay. just I put my arm around him, took the pick. Then he sanitized his hands. <laughs> yeah. He sanitized the fuck out of his hands. I just dude, it was like it's why they say you should never meet your heroes because it's not even like they're dicks. It's just like when I met them, you know, you 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 envision that. I've 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 envisioned that. I've played that moment out in my head, you know, no less than seven thousand times. Hey, we all. Yeah. And you know, then you get there, and it's like you don't even have the words. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I I just I loved how Ryan played that, and maybe it's the wrist guard that I got on my hand right now. That's making me. You're you soft for Ryan right now. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I, I, I By the just, way, while we're on Ryan, let yeah. me just. I have this one note. Him getting into college, especially Berkeley, yeah. should have been a better, uh, made a bigger deal. Yeah, dude. He, I mean, he's hit from it. the wrong side of the tracks, just makes himself out of nothing and gets into a very good school. I think it just kind of. They treat it like it's just par for the course. Hey, cool move by Ryan, dude. He totally stopped the cycle. You stopped the cycle. Yeah, it ended with him. He's like a guy who made it to the NBA, and now, like, forever, it's like, stop the cycle. Now he's going to be an architect. Yeah. Anyways, I feel like they just, they kind of brushed over that. Yeah, let's not even go too hard into Ryan right now. I mean, that's advice mainly for me as I'm wearing this wrist guard, Mm -hmm. um, because I think when we get to the end of the series, it's going to be a whole Ryan love fest, Okay. and that's that's well-deserved. I'm ready for that. Um. But yeah, I just love it. I, they're building the chemistry. <laughs> okay, I don't. We finally have Ryan Marissa chemistry. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like finally, I'm like, you know what? All this fucked up shit, like that they've gone through now, like that it's ending. I'm like super upset that it's ending because it's like I don't know. Like I just they kept. Did you see any of this coming, by the way, in the moment, like with the extended goodbyes and all that? Or were you just like, oh, yeah, end of season three, everyone want to call it? Yeah. Not prior to this final season three episode, but in the finale, you you felt it. Everything. You could cut it with anything you wanted. I'd cut it with a knife, personally. Spin for me. Spin? Yeah. And I just want to, real quick, I just want to say why I always, I think, called it like cutting the tension with the spoon. For me, I didn't view the tension as thick. Mm. I viewed it as tender. Oh, like it's so soft? Yeah. The tension is so soft? Like it's so tender. Like you're eating that steak that's just been cooked to perfection as a perfect cut of meat. Do you know what tension is? Yes, I okay. do. But yeah, it's not how I but viewed you want it. So- that soft, soft tension. Yeah. <laughs> tender, not soft. In my head, it's tender. Not that tight, tight tension? Nope. Okay. It's it's so tender tension. I kind of want to live in your world better <laughs> where it's just that soft tension. Just, I just, just silky, silky smooth tension that you can just 
I was thinking about I was thinking about that the other day. I just wanted to like I don't think I've ever commented on like why in my head it made sense to say cut that tension with the spoon. I love the that pod. dude. That's behind the scenes. Yeah. Um okay. Should we go to the Volchek ending? Yeah. Should we do it? Yep. Get your guitar. Should we do it? You fucking get your guitar. Right now? Live. Yeah. Just get it. Alright. Alright. While Pat's getting the guitar, I'm gonna explain the Volchek thing. It's been building and building and building. Volchek has lost Marissa. She's moved on. She's going to live on a yacht with her dad, Jimmy Cooper. She's six months away from sinking that ship with James, Tate Donovan. Volchek just wants to talk. We're now at the end, the finale, season three. Ryan is driving Marissa to the airport. He's going to say goodbye. He's the one that's got to drive her to the airport. As he's doing that, Volchek is chasing them down in his fucking van, his piece of shit rape van. He pulls up and he yells, pull over, clip. There was a secret chord that David played, and it pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for music, do ya? Well, it goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, and the major lift. The baffled king composing, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Wait, I want to do this one too. Baby, I've been here before. I've seen this room and I've walked this floor. I used to live alone before I knew ya. I've seen your flag and the marble arch. Fuck, love is not a victory march. It's a code and it's a broken hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Magical. It's fucking magical. That was so magical. Yeah. Um Ryan's sitting there. She just died in his arms. Everything blew up. Fade to black. What were you feeling in that moment? We talking 2016? We talking 2021? I want you in the moment. I don't care which moment you choose. Both years. Total devastation total devastation the only word i was thinking of for it was tough stuff it's so tough it's one of those things you just don't believe it's happening because uh, it's like you know it's a car wreck that happens in tv shows all the time yeah she doesn't have any visible injuries sure she might have a spinal cord injury and ryan picked her up and carried her like 50 yards <laughs> yeah. which isn't the best thing to do kids don't she's, do that, kids. She is. Uh, she's got internal bleeding. She is uh, definitely concussed. Yeah, and you, that's what I thought. I thought it was just a bad concussion, and she's like coming in and out. And she's going to wake in the hospital, and you realize she probably has some internal injuries, and there's just no emergency vehicles in sight, and it's it's tough. But it's so tough. But it's like, dude, Ryan had to get her out of there because the car was about to explode. Yeah, he obviously, knew that. he knew it. He saw the gas coming down. It's that like car, by the way. That car is unreal. That his mom gets him for graduation. Yeah. Dude, tight gift by his mom. Way we to go. forgot to talk about that, but the car that Marissa dies in is like this unreal, like vintage uh, Toyota Land Cruiser. Yeah. It's unreal. Dude, Don Atwood 2.0 is like the best. I, I fucking, Dude, yeah. N- Don Atwood. She comes back strong. No one, no one came from the ashes and rose up to the heights. That Don Atwood. Phoenix. Don Phoenix Atwood. Don Phoenix so Atwood. We di- so we, we digress, but really two two really uh, devastating losses in the scene. It's obviously Marissa, and then second, it's that awesome uh, Toyota Land-, Land Cruiser that Ryan had. <sighs> Let me take you to where I was at headspace-wise in 2006 when this happened. Please. Senior in high school. Obviously... Could not be more upset that I'm graduating high school mm-hmm. and going off to college because hate one, change. I hate change. And then two, high school was the best. It's good. Calm, warm waters of high school. Now, I loved college. Was equally as upset when I ended college to yeah. start becoming an adult. Most parts of life are good, but they are scary. <laughs> yeah, but like, let me take you to a young Brian's mindset in 2006 when this happened and she died like i said there was no feeling that they were going to kill her off at all and then in the finale some there the tone was different the whole episode everyone's saying goodbye to her you know like she's having these closure uh scenes with ryan twice and her mom and summers and seth and it was just like what the fuck why she's going on a a boat with her dad for uh, you know, a few months, Probably like going to drown. Yeah. Oops. But like when they killed her off, I went through like all the stages of grief. And the first one I think I had was anger in the moment. Like I was really fucking angry. Mm, I was pretty pissed. I was so mad. Cause I was like, that's it. The show's over. I guess this, they've decided the show's over. 
even today, thinking back, it's upsetting me. You know, can you think about like what were we talking about? Second period free bell. Did we just even like? Was it pretty somber? I'm assuming. We watched this with all of our friends, and I remember the mood in the room was just like everyone was so mad. Like, what the fuck? Because no one liked Marissa. No one. No one liked her. Maybe she's deplorable. She's a horrible human being. But everyone knew that she was like the engine that ran this show. You know what I mean? She was the one churning storylines. As much as we hate her, you know, your MVP credentials are are specifically based on who's churning. And minimally what we can say about Marissa Cooper is she was churning stories. Yeah. I mean, she drove the show. So it, it just, to me, it, it, even though I knew there was going to be another season four, this was the end. Right. You know, it, it's one of those things. Uh, where, what's the uh, basketball stat where they do the plus minus, mm-hmm. like how the team does when the players honor yeah. off the court. Yeah. All you have to do to realize how critical Marissa was, was just watch season four. Exactly. When Such she steps point. off the court, it's what are they minus twenty? They're definitely minus twenty minimally. Yeah, that's a good, really good sports analogy by you. That's so true. Because even you and I, we probed in season four with no Marissa, and it is a fucking shit show. Jesus, there's nothing. It is so disgusting. It's like, cool. Summer's like an environmentalist. What? Uh, what the fuck is that the only thing interesting about season four is the will they won't they between her and seth and like navigating a long distance relationship and like trying to grow your relationship as you're growing like all that shit could be interesting but they just didn't even take advantage of it let's not get too i'm I'm guilty myself we gotta we gotta force ourselves not to get too far into season four yet okay um what the fuck was Volchek's plan, dude? <laughs> What's the plan? I even brought this up to you. Like, first thing, when I came in your house today, like, that's the first thing that was on my head. Was I rewatched this episode, and I had forgotten that Volchek kind of, like, leading up to it. Originally, his plan was he was just going to get in a van with his, like, friend, some girl, I guess. I don't know what their relationship was. It's the girl I'm, that bullied Marissa. It's yeah, just Volchek's just like a crony. Other, like, yeah, yeah, one of Volchek's like, yeah, goons. It's a goon. And they're just it's gonna like, get goon. in the van and drive off and do like weird Volchek shit. And Volchek's like, man, I, you know. And she's like, oh, you messed things up with her. And he's like, oh yeah, I need to get her back. You know, like kind of that thing. And like his Damn plan. It's... And correct me if I'm wrong. This is his entire plan. He calls Marissa, says, "I made a huge mistake." And meanwhile, his mistake was making out with like five girls getting caught red-handed with at least one of them. After he smoked some kush. After he smoked some kush with her at the prom. Yeah. As Marissa's date. He calls her and he's like, I made this huge mistake. I just got like all up in my head and freaked out. Like, you're the perfect girl. I don't deserve you. Blah, 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 blah. Like, I want to make this right. I need to see you. And she's like, how about no? Like, she's done. Clear-headed Marissa. She's just like, fuck yourself. Uh, no, not at all. And he's like, all right, well, I got some some dirt on Ryan. I'm going to make him go to jail. And she's like, are you threatening me? And he's like, don't make me do it. And it's just like, but what's his, what the fuck? What's his plan in the car? 
Like, okay, so that that that's his that's his mindset. Okay, yeah, that's, that's his, his mindset. mindset. Yeah, that's his going mindset. into when he sees Ryan and Marissa in the car. Yep, yeah. So that's where he's coming from. Bullshit. And so his plan in the car, I think he just wants to fight Ryan. That's it. Like that's literally. He it. just he does no thinking things through, dude. It's so upsetting to watch it back because it's like. And then the other flip side, I'm like Ryan, just stop the car. Stop the car. You beat his ass like three or four times at this point. Why Everyone don't you knows. Just, just do that again. Like, sure, Marissa's gonna be freaked out, but like, that's better than being dead. Everyone knows you can take him, Ryan. Like, just take him. And he says, oh, "I can't pull over. I can't pull over." He couldn't. You know, there's no shoulder. Right. Yeah. They're they're in the hill. They're like driving through the hills of California. There's no there's no way to pull over. I get that, but like just stop the car, just come to a stop. It's just so so upsetting. It's so upsetting to watch it back. It just takes me right think, back, dude. Do you think if you wouldn't have had that like sweet vintage Land Cruiser, like a more modern car, like he was driving Sandy's Range Rover or something with some anti lock brakes, things would have went different? All right, perfect segue. Because now I'm going to explain why it couldn't have gone any different. Please do. Marissa, and I, and I knew this at the time, because I, I did a bunch of Google research at the time, right after this happened. And this is early Google, dude. This is like 2006 Google. Mm. So it's not even on your phones. This is like getting on your parents. Did it even guess what you were trying to type? <laughs> no. No. It doesn't have your history at all. This is literally getting on your parents' computer that everyone in your family shares, the desktop that was like f- you know, five feet long in the back. Right. So your history is probably deleted already. <laughs> yeah. It's already deleted. So. <laughs> <laughs> they got it. <laughs> so I'm Googling like. What the fuck? Like, did she want off the show? Did Marissa want off the show? And now... This is you when you got home. Yeah. Just trying to figure it I'm out. figuring <laughs> out, like, why did they just kill her off? Because my biggest question is, like, is there no way to get her off the show without killing her? And that was my biggest question. So, this leads me... My sister on the last pod said she doesn't like why I do this. But, you know, it was a perfect segue, so I got to do it. Um discussing marissa's death one josh schwartz the creator our hero his he said on the pod and i've been saving this fun fact he said on the pod weeks ago his number one regret of the entire series was killing off marissa his number one regret that's crazy he said if i if i could do it again I would not have listened to everyone and everything and I would have always he never wanted to kill her off. He knew it inside of him in his loins that he shouldn't kill her off. He did it because it's what she wanted and it's what people were chirping in his ear about. But that's the one thing if if he had more control, he would have not done. People were chirping him that it would be like the artistic thing to do. It was mostly her, I think. I and, and this is my second point. She gave an interview with E! Online. It's uh, basically the Bible. Go on. She Yeah, and super timely, 15 years later. But she gave an interview, and I clicked clicked on it, clickbait style. Mm-hmm. I brought it up on, on the pod, I think, a couple Did you get ago. a virus? Uh, yeah, a couple, couple sex porn viruses. And I brought it up a couple weeks ago, too. But I actually pulled up this interview because I wanted to dive deep into it. 
her actual answers to the question in the clickbait to this article was why Misha Barton left the OC. Finally, after 15 years, she's going to explain why. So I was like, all right, clicked on it. Question. How did you leaving the show all start? Her answer. It's a bit complicated. It started pretty early on because it had a lot to do with them adding Rachel in last minute, as in after the first season. She became a series regular, and it evened out everybody's pay. And also, there was a sort of a general bullying from some of the men on set that kind of felt really shitty. But, you know, I also loved the show and had to build up my own walls and ways of getting around dealing with that and the fame that was thrust specifically at me. Anyways, that was it. So... She threw a lot out there where she kind of blamed it on like, oh, Rachel Bilson's like now getting equal pay as Marissa. Like that's That's sketchy. No go. Okay. And then she's also throwing out that like she was getting bullied by the men on set. This is before bullying was hot too. What? Yeah. 2015. No. 2003. Oh, shit. Okay. 2004. Like, yeah, this is pre like Me Too movement and all that. She just said... She f- Wait, she gave this interview in 2004? No, no, she gave this now, 15 years later in 2021. Oh, 2021, okay. This is what she's saying now. Okay. Um, huh. So then they said, I, I have like a few of these. They, they asked her, when did things start falling apart? She says, so halfway through season two, when we started doubling up on episodes and shooting all the time, it became a lot harder and a lot of it was too much for me. I look back on it all very fondly, but there's stuff I think people did wrong in the way they handled it, so I just didn't feel like I could keep going. Vague. Vague. Then about her death, she says, they gave me an option. The producers were like, well, do you want your job and to sail off into the sunset and potentially you can come back in the future in some bizarre TV scenario? Or we can kill your character off and you can go on with your career that you want and so you let us know what you want to do. And she said, I was getting a bunch of other offers for big films at the time and having to turn them down. Her dream was to do these lead roles, and she just felt like it was the best thing for her and her health, just in terms of not feeling protected by her cast and crew at that point. Again, shots fired at the crew. Damn, I feel like Bilson's taking the heat. Yeah. And Swartz. And the dudes. And r- Buttons. Buttons. Buttons is bullying her. So then the final one is she factored all that in and decided she really wanted to go out with a bang. So, okay. Bad, man. You seem slightly confused after me reading that, right? Yeah. And I think the reason is, is because she was all over the map in that interview. She was saying... Oh, it's, I was getting a bunch of film offers. I wanted to go do movies. I was hot shit at that time. Also, all the other cast was making more money and I was the star and now I'm no longer the star. I'm getting even pay as everyone. And then she also blamed it on like, I was getting bullied and stuff by the men on the set and all that. My only last thing, and then I'll let you jump in, is Buttons was interviewed about this and he said, her abrupt leaving the show the main word he used for it was odd. Hmm. That's what Button said. Rachel Bilson on this latest pod, it came up because on the pod, they were discussing this Misha Barton interview because it was like, shit. It's this, topical. It's topical. It just came up. And Rachel Bilson 
the vibe I got was she was like disgusted. And they kept saying like, hey, come on, like come on the pod and discuss it. Like Misha Barton, come on our podcast that we're rewatching the OC 15 years later. Come and, and explain what it was because we'd love to hear your story. But Rachel Bilson just kept saying, I don't know what she's talking about. I, I don't like I was on that set every day, all day with her. There was no vibe of like guys, you know, Me Too movement stuff and guys and like, you know, uh, being inappropriate or bullying. There was none of that. It smacks of just people like in her ear, like agents and stuff like, oh, yeah, like you're you're yeah. the star, like you're the star and they're making the same amount of money as you. Like this is your show. Like you're bigger than this. You're getting offered. You're getting offers to be across from who's a big star at the time. Yeah, no, I said, but uh, Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen, yeah. you and Hayden, you know, like Bilson's getting the the jumper role with Hayden. Yeah, Christ- that should that's be you. It. It's like people in her ear and her just not knowing what's going on. But like, fifteen years later, with all that perspective, I feel like in the interview you should just be like, "I'm fucked up." <laughs> yeah, I'm fucked like, up. I should have just milked that for at least two more seasons. And like, even if I didn't want to, it's like, yeah, I'm going sailing with my dad. They. They uh, <laughs> take it back to the show. <laughs> they hand delivered that out for me, and then like everybody's at college, I come in halfway through, and you know, whatever. If I'm if it doesn't work for me in the as an a a list actress. So in recap, she pushed for it. She wanted to die off. It was her. Mm. It was not Josh Schwartz, and also that fucked her up. I noticed it. The Hills, they did a Hills reboot and they brought Misha Barton into the cast. Okay. Wild last year. <laughs> and one of the very first episodes, they brought Perez Hilton on so she could c- confront Perez Hilton from 14 years ago. And I think it's just like you said, all that stuff where she was a big star, she could do better. But I think her personal life was fucked. It was like, it was all that Paris Hilton, Nicole Richie. Was she in the crew? I think it was that, you know, the Kim Kardashian with the paparazzi and the right. Lindsay Lohan and the low rise pro- jeans were in, you know, I at that it. time, pro- paparazzi could ruin your life. No social media. Oh, yeah. You couldn't defend yourself. You yeah. couldn't have your own little right. presence on social media and just be like, yeah, that's I'm not weird or crazy. This is what I'm doing. I'm just watching. Yeah. I'm watching movies with my friends tonight. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not on drugs. So I think it really fucked her up. And I think she wanted more protection from the cast and crew of the OC for the personal hell that she was going through in her personal life. She wanted buttons to be Ryan. She wanted Ryan to be Ryan in real life. Damn, I get it. All right, let's get off of that. I I went too deep. But anyways, it's just we had to do it because it was Marissa's dying episode. And a lot of that stuff's been building up in my head. So feel good to get it out. Yeah. All right, dude. Song transition. Should we run up that hill to season four? Let's get up it. Doesn't hurt me. You want to feel how it feels. You want to know, know that it doesn't hurt me. You want to hear about the deal I'm Make a deal with God and 
Season 4, Episode 1, The Avengers, or as I like to call it, O.C. Noir. Mm, dark. We open on Ryan. We're like midway up the hill, would you say at this point? Um, yeah. We're, just, we're, we're working our way up that hill, feeling it. Uh, Ryan is in, mm, I want to say, the dingiest apartment of all time. Turns out to be the broom closet <laughs> of a dive bar. Uh, and he's basically washing himself off in a filthy sink, sleeping on a bunk bed where the top mattress is just springs. Yeah, we're, he's sleeping on springs, and this is five months after like, Marissa's we, death. We hit pretty hard on Volchek's, like, bad guy apartment aesthetic. Ryan's is just times five. It's it's uh, Ryan's living in the back room of this uh, dive bar that is like Chino on steroids. Yeah, just picture Ryan living inside of a scab. <laughs> yeah, that's what it, that's what it is. So he's like bar backing or bartending at some um, some CD bar, and we'll get into it a little bit what his career path is. Um, but he, we find out he's not picking up calls from Seth and or any of the Coens, and he's kind of trying his hardest to be on the grid whilst he's got a family of people that love and care about him. Yeah, I mean, everyone's dealing with Marissa's horrendous death in different ways like julie is self-medicating like crazy mm-hmm. she's just taking pills to pills be depression naps and then just like when she does get up from a nap she's acting super manic and just weird right and we're getting we're getting a little teaser of neil roberts oh god dude trying I, to be a character in the show and we're just realizing he's got like no pitches <laughs> just, <laughs> he's got just no. so bad every time he's on screen he's um, got no layers I just okay. The only thing I want to say real quick, a side thing about Neil Roberts is they did show him working out once in this episode. Sweaty and man. Say it again. So he's a sweaty man. He's so sweaty. He's working on getting that thick, thick frame going. <laughs> Thickest so, chest on TV. He's so sloppy and sweaty. And when he was fucking working out, dead serious, he had two wristbands on, dead serious, and a headband on, dead serious. If I was at a fucking gym and i walked in on a guy doing the the the, uh the row machine but it wasn't the actual machine he was just doing the row machine but like pulling a a wire Mm -hmm. (laughs) row machine row machine whatever Uh, well i I was getting because there's an actual like a row machine nautilus guy well because you know how you can like get in there and you can actually like do the they have the handles like you're actually rowing two separate handles this guy was just grabbing iso row an iso yeah okay iso row i'm not a gym guy so neither am i, I don't know why I know <laughs> this is he's grabbing this uh, wire like with both hands and he's just pulling it back like he's rowing anyways the main point of this though is that he has more sweatbands than i think any human being should ever have on them. i just cancel my membership if i saw that guy immediately just i'm out i go to the front desk and i'd say what was that there's a guy in there sweating profusely all over the the ISO row machine. And not only are they wrist, they're the like the thicker ones, the ones that are like four inches long <laughs> that you might wear mid midway up your elbow. Yeah, he's got them on his wrists. I'm like, it's a freak show. Hey, Trevor, behind the desk at the fucking gymnasium. <laughs> like, I'm out. So just cancel my membership right now because this guy is disgusting. He's disgusting me. He didn't even wipe down the ISO row machine, bitch. So, Trevor, are you going to do it? 
Either way. It was pretty gross. So who cares about him? That's all we wanted to say. Uh, Julie's dealing with it. She's self-medicating. Ryan is uh, living in some dive bar. Summer is doing her own sort of like avoidance. She's gone off to college and she's just like fully gotten into like some environmental thing. She's got a thing. She's got a thing. She's just trying to like not remember anything from her her past uh, so she doesn't feel the Marissa shit. OC fans will know she is spending a lot of time with Hollywood's Chris Pratt. Oh, yeah. Wow. Big time Chris Pratt sighting. Mm-hmm. Pre-Parks and Rec. Yeah, he's Chris her uh, hippie friend who's like getting her into like all the save the chickens, save the trees, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, so it's not even important. What the main important thing is that Ryan is cage fighting. Yeah. Full on. Yeah, that's what he's doing. He's bartending at this bar, living in the utility closet next to the mop uh, just on Rusty Springs. And in his free time, he is cage fighting and refusing to take any of the the cash money afterwards. That's that's the big important thing. Like, and and we wanted to cover this on the pod because there was no way that we could end the OC and not cover Ryan cage fighting. One. That's why we did this. Yeah. Right. Um, it's pretty much like him cage fighting is why we didn't end last week. Yeah. We wanted to just kind of just let this whole thing breathe. There was a lot of meat on that bone. Right. Specifically from a Ryan Cage fighting perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ryan's like doing this thing. It, very Tim Riggins-esque. Yeah. Totally. Where Tim Riggins' whole thing, if you recall, is like he does not like feeling emotional strife mm-hmm. at all. He needs to... The only thing he ever understands is feeling the physical pain. So Ryan's now cage fighting for that exact same purpose where it's i go in there i pick the biggest baddest motherfucker in this entire cage fighting arena (laughs) dive bar whatever and i just say i want that guy he gets into the ring with the big dude who looks like fucking chuck liddell on three different types of steroids and doesn't even fight back that's the thing dude you don't fight back no because what's you the, want point? the pain? You want the pain. You're feeling bad. You want it. You want that energy channeled into pain because that makes sense to you. You get it. It's the only thing you get. And so Ryan goes in there against this guy, and he just stands there and gets punched and punched and punched and punched. And like I love these scenes, dude, where they show Ryan, and he's laying on the ground after getting jacked up. You know what my favorite one is? No. What? Try and guess. Tim Riggins when he gets his ass beat? No. It's child's play. Uh, is it a movie or a TV show? Movie. Fuck. Give me a hint. Probably the sickest abs you've ever seen on film. Never back down? No. <laughs> oh, those are sick. Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt, Fight Club. Oh, yeah. When he's laughing at that guy and spitting blood in his face. Damn it. Jesus, that is the craziest thing I've ever seen. You just threw me an alley-oop, and I took that alley-oop and just bricked the (laughs) fuck out of it. (laughs) It's all good. Damn, yeah, that's it. Think of that. Snatch, dude. Brad Pitt's getting his ass beat, and it's like, he's because he's thrown the fight. Fight Club. I'm thinking Fight Club. Oh, he does it in Snatch, too. Yeah, Brad Pitt's good at, at, at this exact thing. Yeah, dude. Fuck. I didn't even think about it. I thought you were talking about Snatch. So no, Brad like Pitt. Fight Club when yeah. he's in the basement and the, the guy that owns the place comes down to bust him for Fight Club and he just lets him beat the shit out of him. 
And he's Damn, laughing in his yeah. face and just bleeding everywhere. So I guess, yeah, Brad Pitt's just, like, really good at, like, fake getting his ass beat. Because everyone knows, like, whether you're watching Fight Club or Snatch, like, if Brad Pitt wanted to, <laughs> yeah. he's beating ass. Yeah, no doubt. I was thinking about this, and I'm curious to get your take on it. This Ryan Cage fighting thing, if you think about it, doesn't age as well as you'd like it to, be, to age. Because of UFC. Yeah. Like, cage fighting is now so mainstream that Ryan could be working on like a career tra- trajectory. Like if he got his ground game good and started doing some like jujitsu and stuff. Like this yeah. Could potentially be a career avenue. Yeah. It, it's definitely pre UFC or pre UFC becoming big. Um, I think what it was is it was when USC was just starting up. And so everyone thought like being in that ring and that octagon like that, it was more like animalistic, you know, like street fighting when in reality it's like, mm, no, if you can like, like a uh, Ronda Rousey style, if you are like a master at jujitsu and can get someone on the ground and just arm bar the fuck out of them, you're actually going to win any fight in yeah, that ring. It's game over. You don't yeah. have to be like a, a huge brawler if you're good at, yeah, if you're good at all those different techniques, yeah. So anyways, I think it was like right when everyone thought it was just like you go in there and you're just like street fighting essentially in a cage. And so two guys in jeans. Like yeah. that was the transition where I used to think cage fighting was like you had to be wearing jeans to like yeah. you know, now you got a mouth guard on and like some athletic shorts and stuff like that. No, yeah. It is uh the complete transition of as soon as uh your sport goes from jeans to shorts it becomes real it's like in top gun if they ever transitioned out of the jeans on that sand volleyball court right the edge is gone it becomes like a sport yeah it's (laughs) like if affliction and monster energy sponsors like goose and maverick on the beach in their jean shorts might as well not be wearing the jean shorts maybe that's what top gun 2 which comes out this year is actually going to be is oh do you think they'll have an energy drink sponsor i don't know I'm just saying, I think th- that that's when we would realize shit got real is if they lose those jeans. I guess we'll find out. And they start getting <laughs> sponsored by Monster Energy. Um, meat of this episode. Julie hires a PI to find Volchak. This is the thing is we're seeing a little bit of Julie and Ryan coming together. Yeah. And it, I feel like it's something I realized like I was kind of Shit, I feel like I've been wanting this all along and I just never knew. This team up. They're a good team. I like them together as a as a unit. And I feel like they're kind of the glue that's holding them together is because they feel like they're the only two people that care on the same level. They Seth, are still in the angry phase. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. angry. They're pissed off. I feel like Seth moved through all the phases very quickly. Yeah. Like, he's just good. Well... Seth never really cared for Marissa that much. Seth really cares about Ryan. So right. like Seth's emotional journey is more with like trying to figure out how to cope with the Ryan dealing with it aspect of it. But um, th- actually good point again, super smooth transition because we should go to how Seth and the entire family is dealing with it with a little Ryan emotional intervention in the form of a comic book show. PowerPoint deck. PowerPoint deck. Well, what's this? You made me a comic book? This is no ordinary comic book, my friend. This is an origin story. 
Now, you may never have saved the planet, but you did save us, so this is our story. Now, it's true, when you showed up, I had a superpower, but it was one I didn't want. Being invisible, not as much fun as it sounds. When the Ice Queen was surrounded by an impenetrable force field, and her silver cell phone was her only link to the outside world. Litigators strained to hold up the weight of the world, so burdened with the problems of others that he couldn't see those of his own family. One day, the litigator brought his work home with him. Only this time, his work looked strangely like a young Russell Crowe. It's okay, Seth. I can read. That's it, dude. I mean, that's it. That's that's the way to get to Ryan. It's like, hey, Ryan, guess what? You were not a burden on this family, bro. You were not. You saved this family, Ryan. You're the lifeblood. You we need you. It's an interesting point because it's like, you know, Ryan made all their lives a shit show by him coming into the mix. Had he not come into the mix, Seth would have just been playing video games this whole senior year. He would have continued to remain a virgin, never hooked up with anyone. He would have probably gone off to Brown or whatever with great, what everything, SAT scores, grades. And there would have been no like life or experiences. That's a good point. Do you think any of the things that transpired would have happened without Ryan there in terms of the Coens? No, I really don't. I really don't. There could have been some business drama still. Sandy still is public defending. Probably still to public defending. Just like in that PowerPoint, dude, they showed. Like Sandy was trying to take on the world, fight the fight with everyone, and he was in over his head. Kirsten was going down a path of she's going to become a raging alcoholic and like numb to life. Businesswoman. I think they called her an ice queen. Yeah, businesswoman. She called herself an ice queen. Who knows what summer summer would have probably just been blowing dudes with uh Holly. Holly. Yeah. She's just been blowing dudes with Holly on the beach until she went to like Not a bad life. USC or something. Sounds sick. Sounds cool. Probably end up marrying like an investment portfolio investment guy. I think we can safely say it would have worked out for her. Yeah. She would have been fine. But anyways, I do think Ryan they do all need him. Who wants to live life like that, dude? You know, without a Ryan Outwood. Not me. I'm half like inclined to just like go on and adopt some kid from the other side of tracks and just like make my life more interesting. I've already done it. Oh, cool. Did I not tell you about that? No, new kid? Is yeah. he in high school? No, he's 17. <laughs> That's pretty fucking sweet, dude. Yeah. Other side of the tracks. What's it's pretty he dress like? What's he dress <laughs> He wears uh, a wife beater, gray hoodie. What's that like on a day-to-day, just like in the house with intern Whitney? Oh, it's total chaos. Uh, We're at jail a lot, bailing him out and all that stuff. Eats a lot of cereal, no milk. But it's fun, right? So fun. (laughs) It keeps your life interesting, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you didn't have that kid in your household, new kid in your household, what would you be doing? Just like Not holding a kid, that's for sure. (laughs) I'd be missing out. Nine to five, just like boring shit, wasting away, yeah, into fucking nothingness. Yeah, dude, cool move by you. Thank you. I'm probably gonna wait till I have, I'm gonna do it later in life. So it's awesome that you did it this early at 33. I'm gonna probably wait till like 
my future kids, I want them to be like in high school so they can become best friends with this kid from the other side of the tracks. That's a good idea. Yeah. So I'll probably wait like a good 18 years or so, but then like it'll be perfect because I'm sure I'm going to have like loser kids, but this will be like their friend. Yeah. Make them cool. Make them cool as fuck. (laughs) All right. Dude, we get to the end of this episode. Let me just recap Ryan, dude. He goes to Marissa's grave. First time. Mm. He hasn't been to the grave ever. Goes to the grave five months later. Who's he see there? One Julie Cooper, dressed in all black. Guess what? She's there every night. You don't say. Classic. We thought she was never around. Because she's been self-medicating. Turns out, at night, she sits there all night. That's her whole thing. That's why we like her. Nobody gives her the credit, but she cares. Julie Cooper gives a damn. She gives a damn so much that she hands Ryan a Volchek whereabout envelope. She says, hey, bitch, you want to find out where this motherfucker is? Here you go. It's in this envelope. Here's the entire dossier on this fucking 17-year-old burnout that's just kind of traveling (laughs) around in a van. Yeah, here he is. If you want to find him and beat his ass. <laughs> He's Jason Bourne. <laughs> How does this episode end? Ryan, he has new life. He goes back to the cage, dude. He's like, oh, fucking game on, kids. He beats the fuck out of that guy who's he, he's been letting beat the shit out of his Brad Pitt ass. And he goes in there. And he's like, beat the fuck out of him. And then he's like, ends this episode with this clip. just realized I have to do this oh god and that's when we know fucking game on Volchak Ryan's coming he's coming hot coming real hot he's got to first file through all those pages of documents and see where where you actually are now so he does that let's alright two more things and then this whole thing ends the first thing, in season four, episode three, this is one of those moments in season four that we quickly fast forward to. Ryan finally finds Volchak. Got him. In Dead a hotel. Oh, yeah. Immediately start fighting. He's got to get a couple licks in. Gets us some punches. I mean, Ryan's been cage fighting. He's in like great fighting shape at this point. Has reps in. Um, gets him to the ground, smashes a beer bottle, and is about ready to, like, I guess, you know, slit his throat with the shards of glass. Ugh. Like how you do? Yeah. And then he just decides not to. Well, Volchek's saying do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> shit. That's a very important detail yeah. I left out. Yeah. As we've said many, many times before on this podcast, the number one way to make sure that num- someone does not kill you is to challenge them to do it in the moment. Kill me. Do Kill it. me. Do it. Do, do it. it. Fucking do it. Nice. Anyways, Volchek does that, and so obviously Ryan does not do it. No. Smooth move by Volchek. And so uh, they just kind of end up hashing it out, like going through it all. I got scared. I freaked. I out. And she died. On the side of the road. I think about that night every day. I wish I could take it back. I don't want to hear about how bad you feel. Tell me why you did it. Does it matter? It matters to me. I was coming after you. 
You got the girl. I didn't. That was hard for me to handle. I just... I wanted you to pull over. And it all just... It got out of control. So what? It was all an accident? A mistake? I know that doesn't change anything. So if you want to finish this, I'm not going to fight back. I'm not doing you any favors. You have to live with what you did. It's tough because it's like Volchek says it was all an accident. Not not a satisfying answer for Ryan. Exactly. Like what Ryan wanted six months later after this guy killed his girl and everyone knows you don't fuck with that with's girl everyone knows that and six months later after this guy not only fucked with an atwood girl he killed an atwood girl all brian wants to do is beat the fuck out of this guy and and really like i think he wants volchek to say like something that enrages him more and something that is the opposite of sympathy or empathy except volchek gives empathy and he's just like dude i was angry at you i was upset that you had and i was jealous that you took my girl and i was coming at you and i really just wanted you to pull the fuck over i just wanted to fight i think ryan realized in that moment like what am i gonna do here i gotta move on you know realize like like, this guy's this guy's an idiot he's an idiot he's giving like he volchek is giving ryan the same explanation that Volchek was wanting to give Marissa about cheating on her eight times. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Just like, yep. like it was a mistake. Like I'm sorry, I got like you know, I don't deserve you. Blah blah blah. I was jealous. I freaked out. Like he was gonna give all that spiel to Marissa, which is completely unfair and does not make any sense. She was well within her rights to tell him to get bent, hit the bricks. He was giving the same stuff to Ryan. It was a mistake. I mean, I didn't mean for it to happen. Trust me. I, I regret it every day. It's like, this guy's a fucking idiot. It just brings up a bigger this guy's point. so dumb. We talked about this so much on the 500 Days of Summer podcast <laughs> in too much detail. But does closure exist? No. I don't think it exists. I, I don't. Because even when you get this type of closure where it's like the guy cops to everything. If you're dating a girl, she cops to everything. She tells you exactly what you're at the end of the day, it's not what you wanted. If you're dating someone and they give you all that, it's like, well, I still feel like shit because I still want to be dating you. So this closure doesn't change anything. I still feel like shit. You're still blowing some other dude. So fuck me. In this situation, it's like this closure is, hey, dude, it was all just an accident. She died because I was trying to fight you. It was stupid. I was 17 and I, I it was dumb. But now she's dead forever. And it's like very unsatisfying. What what the fuck, dude? Like, okay, now she's dead forever. It's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's not like a poetic thing. It's never like a big thing in your head of like, okay, now all the stars aligned and now everything, the jigsaw puzzle all came together. It makes sense. It's like, no, it's never going to be like that. It's a life lesson. You're never going to get the closure from the outside. Never. Where does it come from, Brian? Hmm. Inside. Hmm. 
It's got to come in Ryan Atwood's head. Mm. And I think, honestly, do you, don't you feel like in that moment, he kind of realized that? Yeah, he's like, fuck this guy in this pre-cut sleeveless shirt. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's not, I'm not going to get it from him. It's got to come from me and my family. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Shit. All right. That was the second last thing. Last thing. Wrap up all of the OC. We went to the end. We fast forwarded because, as we know, season four doesn't exist. We fast forwarded to the very end, episode 16 of season four, how it all ends, the entire OC series. In our head, it just ended when Marissa died, but apparently there was an actual ending that we should discuss. By the way, I think they should have just ended at graduation season three. Okay, good point. Where do we think it should have ended? Because in my head, I was thinking the same thing. It should have ended after season three. I don't think they should have killed Marissa, but I do think it should have ended there at graduation. Ended. I mean, if you're looking at it completely objectively, like obviously when you're in the moment, it's all the financial stuff is at stake and you know, all that, you know, we can't just end now we got to eat. Just ended at graduation. All the storylines are wrapped up. It's all in a good place. We can watch these characters sail into the sunset and assume and hope for bright futures for everyone. Just clip it. I think you have two options. It's either you do that and you clip it off because they all graduated. We're done with high school. Who gives a fuck what happens after high school? You and I know that. Mm. Or you have to figure out a completely new zag. Yeah. That you you, take. At that point, you got to zag so hard. Yes. Yeah. You, you got to zag. flip it on its head and you have to come back with just just tons more ammo. And and I was thinking, you know, we we talk a lot about how One Tree Hill handled it perfectly, where you just fast forward through all the college years. So that's the zag is you skip ahead five years, and really? now you got it's all brilliant. this drama. Cool. Another thing is you can do the Gossip Girl approach, which just follow them into their lives. Like, what is more interesting than like the hills or like Laguna Beach graduated into the hills? You follow these people from their high school lives into trying to make it in California, which guess what is way more interesting than you and I trying to make it in a fucking Ohio. <laughs> so they could have done that as a zag. Get out of high school. Fuck college. All these people skip college and they just try and make it as producers or actors or whatever in L.A architects who knows there's a wild life in in los angeles that we could dive into they all look like they're 30 anyways so you're already set Let's on the do age it. so yeah I, I i do think if i had my druthers i would have ended it all and maybe done a spinoff into like a five years later i would have ended the oc after three years and then said fox is going to do a spinoff and maybe follow Ryan or maybe follow Seth. And what's that look like? So the two things that pop into my mind, obviously we've already brought this up, but Jimmy and Marissa on the boat. Yeah, that's one. That's one. Yeah. What I would like to see the most interest for me personally, Seth and Summer raising a family. So just go full on their like in their 30s? Yeah. Which they were? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I and maybe our family's maybe interesting. that's a thirty-three year old in me. Yeah, because our family's interesting. Theirs would be of yeah. all the other characters in the show. I feel like they had the most steam. 
I'm just trying to think of what that what that comp is. Like, what is a comp of like a family that's actually interesting? Shit. Did yeah, Seth become a cop? Solving crimes and stuff. <laughs> yeah, because that, that's a, a lot of cops. who would have to like he's a cop. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't really work if their kids were like too young. Right, the kids aren't turning drama. They'd have to be teens. Uh, okay, so okay. maybe that's okay. it. They fast forward okay. and we pay it forward, and okay. they're now teens. And Seth is Sandy. Yeah. Okay, that's the show I want to see. Right. Okay, I'm on board. Seth is a dad. Now, here's the question: Is Seth's son a jock or is he a nerd? I kind of like it as his son's a jock. Yeah. You know, Seth has no idea yeah. about this world. Right. His yeah. son's so much cooler than him. Yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah, I like that element. Yeah. Okay. All that aside, let's just explain how they actually end it. Okay. Sandy and Kirsten have a baby. Wild. <laughs> I don't even know if the science works. There. Are they in their fifties or I don't I don't know. It's close. It's close. But they have a newborn baby. By the way, what we did was we skipped ahead through the whole season. So I kinda had an idea, but Pat had never seen it. So it was wild for you to kind of see yeah. some of how how they put a bow on some of these storylines. So Sandy and Kirsten have a baby and they move to Berkeley. I liked that. That Same man teaching college now, just molding a ton of minds. Uh, he's molding minds he like crazy. He has so many minds at his fingertips to mold right now. I like that too. Seth goes to RISD. Summer goes off to like fight some environmental justice program. Who cares? Don't care. Honestly, could not care less. There was an emotional goodbye with them though when she gets on the bus that I thought was... It was nice. Yeah, it's one of those getting on the bus moments that's always heart wrenching. Play a couple clips. You got nothing to worry about. Just remember this isn't goodbye. You're my destiny, Colin. I've saved the world, Summer Roberts. So those are good those are iconic lines. Love that. So we we kind of know that they're destined to be together. Ryan goes off to Berkeley. He's dating Taylor now. Hate it. Yeah, you didn't get much of Taylor because you didn't watch season four. No. But the thought of season three Taylor dating Ryan is brutal. Mm. Imagine just being the ghost of Marissa. They just like, what the fuck? They strategically left that open-ended. I've heard Josh Schwartz interviewed about this. He said they strategically left that storyline open-ended. It ends where like she just looks at him and he looks at her, and so you don't know. Did they get together or did they not? I'll be honest. In my head, I'm choosing to believe that they did not get together. I am 100% behind you, and you gave me the heads up on that little tidbit before the scene, so I was watching it like a hawk. Yeah. They gave a look like we dated for like a couple weeks, and it was weird. Oh, really? You thought yeah. that I, I thought like we haven't seen each other in a couple months and like the sheepish grin. I thought they gave a look like we date. No, but I'm no. glad you did not take that because I don't no, want that. I, the, the look that they gave was we do not date anymore. Okay, good. I love that it's open like that and, and we have two different perspectives, but I'm going to mm, choose to take the perspective of yours. Either way, we come down on they are no longer dating. No. So I th- we'll put that in the books as scientific truth. Yeah, that's scientific. Two really seasoned podcasters coming to the yeah. same conclusion. Well, Ryan, I, I think what probably happened with Ryan was they 
hooked up a couple times. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's one of those things like when she was in town and he was in town, obviously they got drunk and had sex, all that right. good stuff. Right, right. I think after that, though, they kind of graduate college and everyone just realizes we just weren't a good fit for each other. And like Ryan ends up meeting someone who he's like working with. Right. At his architecture stuff. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a really good thing. Yeah. He probably meets, a prefer- he probably got tired of, um, he probably got tired of her like rehashing the Korean barbecue story over and over. Oh, dude, that reminds me. He was probably just, oh, she was always talking about it. He's like, okay, we're good. We, I mean, we're good. I was there. I get it. That reminds me. Could you date someone who had a devil's three-way before you got with her? No. It'd be tough. be tough. It'd be really tough. I'm trying to like, I'm trying to be enlightened about it and and have an open mind, but the more I I was thinking about it. I'm like, if I found out that my now wife prior to us getting together, she got DP'd by two dudes. That's your line. That's tough. That is tough. It's tough, dude. (laughs) It's really tough. (laughs) I was legitimately thinking like, could I, could I look past that? It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. You don't want it. You don't want to see it. You don't want to see it. You don't want to hear about it. So maybe we should leave that open ended on the pot. <laughs> right us in, kids. Right in, kids. If you could get past that, because for me, it would be tough. All right. The way it all ends, Ryan is walking through the Cohen household one last time. Ryan's walking through all the rooms, dude. They're reminiscing. And as Ryan is walking through the living room, he's walking through the pool house, he's going through everything. They're also dropping in little clips, you know? Season one clips of when Ryan came into the household. And I I think it's fitting that it ends this way, you know? Because the whole show was told through the perspective of Ryan's eyes. The whole show. How it kicked off in season one. Ryan's gonna stay with us now. You're an outsider. Everyone in the audience is an outsider. You're looking at this world, this California world, through the eyes of Ryan Atwood. I'll unpack later. Because we don't live. We had no idea. We had no idea. And so I think it was fitting that it ended with Ryan. It began with Ryan... And I I said in the beginning of this podcast, we're going to do a lot of Ryan love at the end of this. I think Ryan was the POV of the OC. Yeah, he brought us into the world. You and I, we're from the other side of the tracks. Yeah. We came in, we got welcomed into this world. 100%. Very poetic, dude. I, I, I liked that Ryan ended it because as much as I think Seth became like the leading male of this show... Based on charisma alone. Right, right. I do think it was fitting that Ryan brought us in and Ryan took us out. I liked that. Yeah. It, it felt nice. And it was a nice bookend. 
It was a very nice bookend. Uh, some weird stuff happened at the end, like Julie got with Ryan's real dad, Hercules. Yeah. A little weird. None of that stuff really exists to me, fortunately. As we end it all, how did it end for you? The one thing that we saw uh, in that finale was Seth and Summer getting married. Yeah, I like that. I liked that because yeah. that's that's how I viewed it. Um, honestly, we saw Ryan getting into his Range Rover as an architect, wrapping up a deal. Deals. I kind of liked that. That's how I liked Ryan. Like I liked a successful, went to college, made something of himself, Ryan. Like, beat the system. That works for me. <laughs> yep. So honestly, I'm comfortable with the way most things wrapped up for our main characters. Um, I'm assuming he did not end up with Taylor Townsend. I don't know what became or what started with that bunny. Hopefully it's alive and well. Who you know? cares? Doesn't Hopefully matter. that bunny's fine. Like it didn't get hurt, but I don't get why it's there. It doesn't matter. Um, and they're not together anymore. Um, he's obviously also not with Teresa. Fuck no. But I like where I like where everything ended with the core four. I do too. I echo all of that. I agree. I'm I'm good with all of that stuff. I think the one nitpick I would have is I don't think Marissa had to die. No. That's it. I, I, I'm with you. I think Seth and Summer had to get married. I needed that. I needed that big time. So real glad that they ended up getting married. Dude, a Seth and Summer final breakup? No. Wouldn't, wouldn't, uh, dude, I no. couldn't have handled that. No, no. No, I wouldn't have been able to do it. So I'm 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 glad they got married. Sandy and uh, Kirsten going to Berkeley. Cool. Don't care about uh, Kirst, uh, Julie hooking up with Hercules or getting her degree. Who cares? Uh, don't care about Caitlin Cooper at all either. Ryan though, I did same as you. I liked that he finally made it, and all of Sandy's work of getting this kid from the other side of the tracks turned his life around. And then Ryan's now paying it forward. Yeah, he's paying like it forward, it. dude. Well, a nice little scene where he's walking out to his Range Rover. Little boy with a gray hoodie by the payphone on a bike, just kind of like Ryan's like, I see myself in this kid. This kid's lost. He's in trouble. He might even go over and lend a helping hand. We don't know. And that's it, dude. Sandy opened up his arms to this kid from the other side of the tracks, and now Ryan is doing the same thing, painted for it with the kid. I'm good with it all. All right, dude. Wrap it up. MVP. This is not a Lifetime Achievement Award. This is this not is just the, for this the finale. Is not, yeah, this is not okay. the the MVP for the whole season. This is just for the finale, and it's going to have to be Marissa. Marissa Cooper. Marissa Cooper. I. She's never gotten an MVP, by the way. <laughs> and, and and I didn't even give an MCITW on this podcast. By the way, this whole thing is sponsored by Wicklow. Or get out of say sponsor us. Okay. Why don't we do the Wicklow Aware sponsors yeah, the she, final yeah. Marissa MVP? Wicklow Aware, um, get in here, buy some Wicklow Aware gear. It's amazing. I got a couple pieces. They're great. Wicklowware.com. Sponsoring the MVP of our episode, Marissa Cooper. Um, we had just a, just a, such a warm send-off with all the characters. Yep. And then when she died, it wasn't until that moment, A, we realized how much we needed her, <laughs> yeah. and then how much we miss her. I know. I mean, you get Buckley, dude. You heard it earlier. You heard us pouring our hearts out for Marissa. You heard it. By the way, that whole entire song, dedicated to Marissa. So, it's a big send up to you, Marissa. Should we say we love you, Marissa? Yeah. Fuck. I hate doing it, but yeah, we do. I love you, Marissa. Love you. Fucking hate it. 
We, just, we just didn't know. We didn't. Who? Okay, here's the real question. Series MVP. Because we got Seth. a we got a couple Seth. metrics it's here. Seth. That's the thing. Hold on before you just throw it in. There's a couple different ways to look at this. Marissa is clearly the engine, the spark of the whole show. The show does not churn without her spark. Correct. As we saw in season four. Because guess what? In season four, Seth was there. It's a big. Summer was there. Ryan was there. Sandy was there. Kirsten was there. Everyone was there except Marissa. And season four is the abomination. Mm. So even though she has an MCITW award named after her, I kind of want her in consideration for the series MVP. Then you have Seth, like you just said. That was your loin pick. You didn't even think about it. You're going. Yeah, on. it just came right out. It sprung from my loins. That was going dicks, dick alone. Dick alone pick is Seth because he's clearly the hero. Ryan, as we just told, was the entire POV of the series. Mm-hmm. The whole series was told through his eyes. I like those three as MVP considerations of the entire series. I don't want to consider any adults because it's a teen show. And I don't even want to consider Summer, even though she's awesome. I don't think she delivered to the level of those three. So of those three, make a pick. I'm not going to give you an answer, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to talk a little bit. Okay. For me, Ryan's character was irreplaceable. The actor could have won anyone. (laughs) could have been anyone. I mean, we love Buttons. Obviously, you've met him. You know him. Yeah, he's cool. We're best friends. Um, When you were talking about how Chris Pine was almost in consideration. Wow. I was chubbed up so hard thinking about that because (laughs) it would have been such a better pick, obviously. That would have gone 10 seasons. (laughs) Yeah, the show would be even more legendary as it is now. Um, I just, his character needs to be there. I don't know about the, like, the whole package. Seth is clearly super critical to the show um marissa as we hold on about. seth is josh schwartz by the way yeah he yeah. he told that josh schwartz his uh humor and his i don't even know what you would call it, like his essence his essence was seth it's not a biographical it's basically yes. like our we, we as the audience are ryan coming in from the opposite side of the tracks coming into the world Josh Schwartz is Seth, the awkward guy, in completely in the world, just does yeah. it totally out of place with it, and is just like, well, okay, welcome to this weird fucking place, people. Yep. Welcome. Uh, Marissa, as we've said, is super critical because when we we didn't realize it, but once we lost her, we had <laughs> yeah. nothing. Um, and it's interesting, and this is the point that I'm getting to, Seth and Marissa are almost like an oil and water situation. Where anytime those two are just the only ones on the screen together, it's the most awkward thing you could possibly imagine. Yeah, but it both is. Both of them are super critical to making the whole chemistry work of the show. Wait, but Ryan is the conduit. Ooh. Ryan. Okay. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. So Seth the whole thing is like a it's like a, a chemistry. Uh, yeah. So if we're just breaking it down from a chemistry okay. perspective. What Marissa brings to the table is she's churning all the storylines. Mm. Seth is the creator of the show is Seth. They are blood and water. I know you used oil, but I I'd did. rather use blood. I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Blood and water, and they don't mix. And Ryan Atwood is bringing all of it together Andy's the POV of the show. I feel like we just scientifically realized, as I have 
the Ryan Atwood leather wrist guard on, and he's the only guy in real life that this podcast has met. I kind of feel like buttons, dude. We, did we just get down to it at like an atomic level? Did we, yeah, after all this time, figure it out at its rootmost point? It's Ryan. Ryan's a guy. Ryan's dude, that's guy. it. Ryan's a guy. Ryan's the guy. We did Ryan's it. Ryan's MVP of the whole series. Three years later, it took us three years to get to that point. Buttons, dude. Benjamin Buttons McKenzie. Without you, we are nothing. All right, dude. Ready to wrap it up? I'm ready. Kids, that was a wild ride. The whole OC was a wild ride. Obviously, we're drunk in this podcast studio. I hope you're not drunk, kids, and I hope you're just getting real comfortable. And you're going to bed soon. Tuck on in. Have a really good night's sleep. And, Pat, what do you tell those kids? Clear eyes. Full hearts. Do less, kids. Do less. Maybe life is a song, but you're scared to sing along until the very end. Let's oh. start. To let go of everything we used to know Ideas of strengthening we've been It's time to cut ties It won't ever free our minds From the chains and shackles that they're in From the chains and shackles that they're in You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You know you found us when you find a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.